0: Clock at 5. Pass is intercepted. There's a prayer. Stop it! Oh, please! What a catch! That's insane! That's insane! The game's final play is a Wilson lock to the end zone, which is... Fought for by Tate with Jennings! Simultaneous! Who has it? Who do they give it to? Touchdown!
1: Touchdown Alright, here we go. It's just me in the room. Adam has left. And I uh, just have to say, Justin Tucker, you know what? I'm not even upset. I respect and I appreciate you that much. So keep doing impressions and singing opera. That's awesome. All right. So <laughs> moving on to uh, Josh's week five, Friends, Fortune. The record for most... And we've been talking offense all day today. The record for the most combined touchdowns in one week from all 32 teams is 63 touchdowns. Passing touchdowns. In week one okay. uh, a handful of years ago. That was... Um, I believe uh, mess up my it was the year here. that Peyton Manning broke the record. I can't remember what year that is off the top of my head, so I apologize about that. Yeah, but regardless, that, that thing, record man. is going yeah, to what? fall this week. Quarterbacks are going to throw mm. for over sixty-five touchdowns this week. I think it's going to be an offensive explosion that's going to continue. <laughs> We're going to see a heck of a lot of points put this up. Is funny so the mind. record of sixty-three touchdown total touchdowns thrown in uh, one week is going to fall this week.
0: Wow. Let's get Adam in the room and see what he has to say. Okay, friends' fortunes for this week, friends. So, we just talked about a lot this week about how the NFL offenses have been just insane and record-setting paces <laughs> for the season. Uh, and we mentioned it in our segment where we had to pick games that we thought would be lower scoring. So, I'm saying that there will be four at least four different games this week that combined the team score for less than 30 points. Now, 30 might be a lot, but I'm saying a lot to some of you listening. But 30 combined points, it will be less than that. And I'm going to highlight four games for you. Okay. Now, I'm not picking these games specifically, so... I don't want to be that much of it. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to. I'm looking at the Titans and Bills, possibly. Check. Uh, that was right. I'm looking at the Ravens and the Browns. Got it. Looking at the Broncos and the Jets. Nope. And the Cardinals and the 49ers. Those are our wild. What was at. it? Uh, cool. I'm also going to throw in the Cowboys and the Texans as possible. And that was so those close. Are, those are five and that was possible close. games to look at that could be the... The scoring under 30 points but the bold prediction for the friend's fortune this week is that at least 4 games this week NFL week 5 are going to score a combined less than 30 points in each game. So the the Titans and the Titans and the Bills were combined 25 points. Okay. Browns and Ravens were combined 21 points uh The Broncos and the Jets were interesting because for a while they were, and then the Jets kind of just exploded. Um, But they ended up combining for 50 points. Um, And the Cardinals and the 49ers ended up combining for 46 points, but the Cardinals didn't score a lot until the end. That's so interesting. Like I don't Uh, even realize. Yeah, and then the Cowboys and the Texans were 35 points. When you
1: say numbers like that, now, off the top of my head, I couldn't even tell you what the score of the Cardinals-San Francisco game was. 2018
0: Cardinals. Oh, really? Like, I didn't yeah. even realize it was a
1: high. Um, so, when you say, like, under 30, like, none of that, I mean, like, that's less, that's pretty much two touchdowns per yep. team. Like,
0: yep. that's not a lot. And so, I got two of them, two of them were right, and, yeah. then we, and we didn't pick the lowest scoring game, but we picked I mean, one of the lower scoring games. We definitely did. Um,
1: I think, that game really wasn't even on my... Radar when Which thinking one? Browns, yeah, Ravens. When in my head, I, I think in a lot it, it, it makes sense though. It does, I mean, though. you can that. It's just not shocking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm obviously disappointed about that game after I went on my recall to to hail Baltimore last yeah. week. But you know what? I'm okay. I mean, I'm I'm not off the train yet. I no. still feel confident in the team moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I lost a little bit of money to <laughs> to you and some of our friends, That's but right.
0: it's okay. Um, so how many combined? Passing touchdowns were there last So there we, were 47
1: that. combined touchdown oh, passes. No. <laughs> so the thing is, it started out really well. Like, okay. if you go by the slate, uh, okay. I mean, there were six thrown in the Thursday night football game. Okay. Uh, five in, the, in, like, going, I'm going down just kind of, if you, like, Google... Okay. Teams like this, the next game had five. And then you just got to a whole bunch of ugly games like okay. obviously the games we were highlighting, like Tennessee there were no There were no passes. touchdown passes. Nope. Uh, like there Ryan Tannehill and Andy Dalton in that game, which I expected to be I mean that was a high scoring game. It was, but, but defense they, touchdowns. Defensive touchdowns, touchdowns. Each quarterback
0: only threw one apiece. So And even in the Baltimore in the Baltimore Browns game was only one touchdown pass. Thrown by Baker mm-hmm. and and so
1: yeah, uh, there. Are, I, will, I will say this and then we can get into the conversation. Yeah. Uh, there were a lot of games that I think we were both excited about being yeah. kind of offensive explosions, which is the reason I went into that, that bold prediction or whatever I want to call it, that were letdowns to yeah. me. Like I was really excited to see some teams duke it out offensively. But I will preface this with saying this. For a year where we've seen so many records being broken and whatnot, offense is obviously exploding. It was genuinely neat to see some defense being played. Show up. And I think it was really highlighted in the Sunday night game. Absolutely. Where though I mean, like they were hailing it all day and all night about like this Battle of Texas and how it was gonna be a physical game. Yeah. But those two quarterbacks, who say what you will about either of them right now, mm-hmm. Both of them were beat up, yeah, and those defenses lot. went after them, yeah. and it was just exciting. So, obviously, you're more the defensive
0: guy than yeah. me. So, what, what was your takeaway from the week? It's just it's interesting because a lot of times in in NFL history, and especially in the past, they've always talked about how when seasons start, it always is tilted towards the defense. Because they normally have it together quicker than the offense does. Okay. Because offense needs time to gel. But I think in recent NFL history, it's been the other way. I think that because of the rules being sort of slanted at times towards receivers and quarterbacks, um, and now even some running backs too, I, I really believe that, you know, offenses start off quick, a lot quicker than they used to. And it takes the defense's time to catch up and figure out what's going on. I agree. But I really thought that this week was going to be the week that they did. And they did, in a sense, not to the extent that I boldly predicted in Fred's fortune sure um, although I got two of them right no, that was pretty and, impressive my friend and the Cowboys and the, and the Texans was close there was a couple field goals at the end that they had not they just pushed them over the edge and I was like ah um, and I really thought I really did not expect the Jets to have such an offensive explosion in that game yeah well um, I mean Isaiah but
1: Crowell just he went running off, two
0: 70 yard touchdown yeah. runs or whatever <laughs> but so. again uh, I really I really feel that I really feel that In recent history, offenses have started off so quick, but then defenses catch on in around the week five, week six area, and they start to figure things out a little bit more. It makes sense, because you're always
1: thinking, I mean, like you talk about it with rookies a lot, Mm -hmm. so for example, let's go back a few weeks to when Baker came in. Baker Mayfield came in to play against the Jets, everyone's yeah. saying like we weren't prepared for him because we had nothing on him. Right. So it kinda gives that element where offenses do get it. Absolutely. And then when teams have like taped review, like that's how defense are able to scheme a little more. Right. So I think you're completely correct with that. And there's another there's
0: a there's there's like a smaller reason too, you know, because I watch the Bills games every week and I watch really close and you know, we got destroyed in the first two weeks. But you know in the second half of that Chargers game in week 2 we we outscored them 17 to 3 and our defense really picked up and from then on our defense has been really good and i realized that you know looking into the season the bills defense is one of the units that a lot of people looked at and said they have a lot of talent and they only got a, they only got better in the offseason so they're going to be a really good defense and we weren't to start off you know offenses were running all over us but then when we finally clicked and figured it out we started to get better and i thought you know, if the Bills can do this and consistently be better, because we have been consistently a lot better yeah. on defense, then why can't other defenses that are just as good if not better in terms of the Ravens' defense or the Browns' defense? And I was looking at the Texans and the Cowboys who are just loaded with young talent. Yeah. Um, and in some ways, I was kind of right. You know, I didn't get the full bowl prediction, but I really I really believe that the defenses are going to start to kick in a little bit more, uh, which is fun for me. But also, in, what's interesting is it's not – it's not so much defenses are going to kick in, so offenses aren't going to score points anymore. It's going to be they're going to be a lot harder to score. You look at the Chiefs' offense in the first two weeks; guys were running wide open, and Mahomes are just laying it up to them. You know what I mean? Sure. They're running layup lines over there in Kansas City, you know. And now recently, they've had to hit some three-point sh- shots. You know, they've had to get down on the paint and hit three or four guys on passes before they hit the shot. Right. Uh, yeah. That's a basketball yeah. reference for those. You know what's that? No, I'm kidding. But, uh, so I, I really think that. It's going to make for some more intrigue in games because it's going to be truly a battle and more of an equal matchup in terms of defenses really battling with offenses instead of, you know, Sean McVay out-scheming every defense. And same thing with Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. So I think it'll be a lot of fun. I really do. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, fun. Uh, it was fun to see. I, I really appreciated the Sunday night game, seeing those defenses. Even though that was yeah. another game where I was like, "This could just light it up," um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. defenses way Love to it. be, way to be on on a year where yeah. everyone's been like offense, I'm offense, offense. offense. Yeah. This is uh, you know, week five goes to goes to the defense. It's fun. So, it's fun. but that's uh, the any given week. Yeah. Mantra, any given so. Sunday.
0: Well, welcome back to simultaneous catch, friends. Glad to have you back. My name's Josh Lapping. This is Adam Rossi, and uh, we're excited to let you know, hopefully some of you are listening on these formats, but we're now on iTunes and Spotify. There we go. We I, uh,
1: <laughs> Last week, we when, we when we were winding down, we told you we were going to work to get on those. We have done it. We've been approved for both, so we're on both streaming services, which mm-hmm. is awesome.
0: Super exciting. I hope that a lot of you will listen now. And uh, to those of you who have been continuing listeners, we thank you for Working through us in all of the episodes, our first one where we just kind of threw together. Right, I will. A little bit last I will minute. say this. <laughs> Think about this, my friend.
1: Six weeks ago, around this time, because we are still recording on Saturdays yeah. at this point. Yeah. We uploaded an hour and fifteen video of our
0: picture onto YouTube <laughs> so people could listen to this. That was our our week one. That was the and only. Now we're submitting thing. to Podbean, Spotify, iTunes. Yeah, and we have a so logo. We have, we have an intro. Things, Good content. We're uh, just continuing to get better, and we thank yeah. you guys for listening. Keep sharing it. We'll talk all that, jazz later on. We'll just keep getting on, better but... and better. We'll, get, we'll take your questions. We'll take visitors starting next week, uh, or call-ins rather. Uh, and just a little interesting tidbit before we really get Ooh, into a lot tidbit. of football. Okay. Uh, uh, for those of you who listen, you know that Josh likes to use the word interesting a lot on the show. <laughs> should be drinking it. And really. he's been. It really should. Uh, but also. You know we're we're all about being supportive here on simultaneous catch. So I pulled up a couple articles from Google about different ways to say the word interesting. So go. whenever in Josh synonyms. goes to say interesting, we're gonna to try to insert one of these words. We have intriguing, Ooh. exciting, times. exciting, captivating. That's a fun Ooh, one. Wow, engaging. Engrossing.
1: Okay, see, but I'm gonna stop you right what? there. Hang on. Yes, these are like kind of synonyms, not, but just don't, like they don't. They They don't even like some of. Those, like I'm gonna say that's really engaging. It is that, engaging. That, that's not necessarily a good substitute for I mean, interesting. It's not a great plug and play, but it's a good player still. I mean, yeah, but I can't. If you were like, I really okay. So this is a poor example, but okay. we shouldn't even be talking about this. But this no, might be entertaining fine. if you were like I. If you were telling me something I didn't know, yeah. like let's just make it something really silly. You're like okay. I really like Chinese food. Yeah, I wouldn't be like that's engaging.
0: <laughs> this is what happens when you Google translate things <laughs> and they have to direct translate. It's bad. Uh, but the last couple ones are fascinating, absorbing, and riveting. And I think those kind of fit. Yeah, too. those are those are better. Those are fun. Engage. Uh, but uh, I thought that might oh, I'm be, be fun. You will be, and I'm very, uh, I'm very engro- <laughs> engrossed to find out whether or not. You'll stop using interesting I'm gonna, so much, I'm but trying. for the for the longtime fans, I think that's a fun little little thing for y'all. You can track how many times Josh says interesting or we insert a new one. There we go. Uh, I'm sure it's very enthralling for you all. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> all right.
1: Well, we know uh, some NFL history. So we also need to say this: yes. this is our first time recording on our scheduled. Device.
0: Yeah. So we're hopefully gonna be recording every Tuesday night now, so that you have full slate of NFL games all the way up through Monday night, and then you have a couple days to listen to our show and digest a little bit before Thursday night and the following week starts. So,
1: it is Thursday, October 9th, or I mean Tuesday. Tuesday. I'm so used to being Thursday yeah. the last couple of days. Yeah. Tuesday, October 9th, so we're coming off Monday Night Football, yeah. and this is something that we're both going to delve really into, but we watched
0: some really prominent yeah. NFL history be made last and night. It's, it's cool. For those of you who listen, this is normally when we have our Rant Raven recalls. Session, segment, and Josh and I are both in agreements that we both need to rave about Drew Brees. Because it's really just do. so completely deserving. Just, uh, he's so incredible. And let me hit you with this stat line right now. Here we go. 72,103 yards, an Phew. NFL record, most passing yards all time in NFL history, 499 passing yards. He needs one more to enter the 500 Touchdown Club, which only includes two quarterbacks right now, which is Brett Favre and Peyton Manning. Really cool. Tom Brady can also enter. I'm pretty sure Brady's in there. Did he already enter already? Th- sure he it was this year that he could have. Yes. So that he'll be the Breeze would be the be fourth. The fourth. Uh, another fact: he has five five thousand yard passing seasons, an NFL record. Nobody has more than nobody has more than two. I believe it's two. Yeah, Breeze has five, and he also has an NFL record three in a row, and that was like four years ago. He started yeah. that because he didn't last year, but yep. I just think it's so incredible, I and mean, not only in. What's so amazing to me is that the person that he is is equal to, or maybe even greater than the football player he is, which is saying a lot. Yes, absolutely.
1: So this is why we're really combining so many different
0: things mm-hmm. into talking to, about Drew Brees right this now. it's really even a bigger than football segment, too. It really
1: is. Because like you said, you, you nailed it on the head right there. Yeah. The person that he is as a human being, in some ways is on par and Mm -hmm. some ways exceeds
0: what he is on the football field you think about what he did for that city when he came back came to them you know yeah
1: so um if you're a casual football fan and i mean maybe you've started watching in just recent years yeah
0: so drew Brees is now a very very seasoned veteran quarterback prominent name you can't Watch a NFL without really knowing who Drew Brees is. But way back when, when he was drafted, he was drafted in the second
1: round Ugh. out of Purdue to the uh, San Diego San Chargers. San Diego Chargers. And even last night when they were interviewing him, he said, I never set out to do this. Mm-hmm. But if you had looked at this under six-foot quarterback from Purdue coming out, you would have never thought it. Nope. You never thought this would happen. So... uh Tell us a little bit about where where he came from to get get to this spot, my friend.
0: Yeah, so again, those of you who don't follow football quite like Josh and I do, or if you don't really know Drew Brees that much, so Drew Brees was drafted, like we said, by the San Diego Chargers, and in his second or third season, I believe, uh, he tore some. Tore right, he took over as the starter mm-hmm. year two. Year three, he was really kind of entering that. And he was really kind of coming on, and he had a really major injury in his right shoulder slash throwing arm. Uh, It's really kind of a little bit gruesome if you look it up on YouTube. It really just gets totally hyperextended, and it's a little scary. Um, And an interesting tidbit, Sean Merriman, who was a linebacker for for the Chargers at the time, said that he was... That he remember being in the stadium that day and seeing it and thinking it was like the end of this man's career. Yeah, and, and it so, very well could have and been. And he had the surgery, and he had multiple doctors tell him he would never play football ever again. And then he went into free agency after he got he he went through the surgery and recovery, and it was between the Dolphins and the Saints, and he chose the Saints two thousand six, right around the time of Hurricane Katrina, right after. Yep, right Sean after. Sean Payton was just tired, and Sean Payton took him and. His wife, all all around the city of New Orleans, and he and a lot of people would think an interesting story. And this is I'm going to read a quote from the book that he wrote. It's called "Coming Back Stronger: A Memoir, Unleashing the Hidden Power of Adversity." Uh, and the foreword is by Mark Brunel, who was used to be a big time quarterback for the Jacks, excuse me, Jacksonville Jaguars, who was a big backup to Breeze through most of his career. But anyway, in the book, he talks about how you know. Most cities or teams that that would have been sort of courting him wouldn't have shown him what Sean Payton showed him because Sean Payton took him and his wife directly to the, to the aftermath. Of, yeah, and he said they didn't. He didn't glamorize it at all. And this is the bigger than football is. He said this team needs you. This city needs uh-huh. the team. And it's just how incredible how like this team and this city turned around. It was just so incredible, but. You know this book has meant a lot to me, and I know you've read it, and yeah. I, I think it's meant almost just as much to you. Yeah. Um. But I wanted to read this this passage from the book, uh, on, on page ninety. And, and for those of you who haven't read it, if you are readers or not, just it's a really great read, and it's it's about overcoming adversity and how you can use adversity to your advantage, and it's really great. Yeah. But I wanted to read this uh, this passage for everybody. Uh, it's it's a couple paragraphs, so just bear with me, but it's, it's all right. really good. Um, it says, less than a year after my soldier injury, soldier shoulder injury, I was already starting to experience that unexpected good can come out of adversity. That event that took me to new places in my faith, as I knew God was sharpening me for a significant task down the road. It marked a new place of vulnerability and openness in my relationship with Brittany, his wife. Uh, it was time of growing closer to her parents while I lived with them in Alabama during rehab and in terms of my career, this incident allowed me to discover the people who were really on my team. In a strange way, I'm grateful for it because it was a catalyst to change that needed to happen. One of the most significant lessons I learned during the dark period of injury and rehab is this. If God leads you to it, he will lead you through it. Everything happens for a reason and everything is part of his master plan. Hmm. If you let adversity do its work in you, it will make you stronger." When you come out on the other side, you just may be amazed at the things God has allowed you to accomplish, things you may not have believed were possible. And this next paragraph is my favorite part of this. God's refining process is never easy. It's like a blacksmith creating a sword. The metal is strengthened when it is repeatedly put in the fire and then pounded with a hammer. But the end result is perfection. All the heat and pounding create a strength and beauty, not only on the outside, but especially on the inside. God sometimes puts us in the fire and it's going to hurt, but it will mold and shape us and the people he intends us to be. When I went through the fire, I didn't know what was ahead of me and I didn't know what the end result would be. I had to trust and believe that there was a purpose for all of this and take things one day at a time. Mm. And I, that's a longer passage, but it's such a good one. It's uh it's amazingly and, written. And it's just, it totally encapsulates who he is in life and who he has been on the football field to go from people, doctors telling him you'll never throw a pass in the NFL again to becoming the all time leading passing yards leader in NFL history. So obviously
1: we're spending a little bit of time yeah, talking about this and it, it's so well, He deserves it. I remember, cause like you said, I also read the book and I remember so kind of just moving backwards like yeah. to that injury. So yeah. he, he'd fumbled the snap uh-huh. and he, He says in the book, like, he did the one thing that you're not supposed to do do is you're not supposed to, as the quarterback, go for it. And put your arms out there because everyone's crashing down Mm -hmm. to recover the fumble as well. So, obviously, when it happened, like you said, it was gruesome. Mm -hmm. And in the book, he details a lot about when it first happened, uh, his his wife, his girlfriend at the time, Brittany, Mm -hmm. was trying so desperately to get a hold of him because she'd witnessed that. I'm pretty sure she was in the stadium. Yeah. Uh, he had gotten to talk to her and said it was a, it was a strong man. Cause that's who Drew Brees is. He's like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things that impacted me so much is he goes into this beautiful detail, like beautifully heartbreaking detail like when he finally left her he went back his Mm -hmm. shoulder is throbbing and he's he says he just broke down in tears because he's thinking about all of the work he's done how he was finally coming into his own Mm -hmm. becoming a pretty legitimate nfl starter he was thinking about About his girlfriend and his family and how his playing career might be over. And just to go through all of those things is just amazing. And obviously it's just part of the just truly beautiful story about how he overcame those things and Mm -hmm. he is where he is now. Right. And that's the whole point of the book and, and, and his career and what you just said. But adversity, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's in the title, Mm -hmm. but it's just really incredible to think about. And
0: it's just a life lesson. It really, really is. And like on the grandest of stages. Literally, and and they and if you just if you have a second, just even go on your Twitter account and and look up Drew Brees, and you'll see all of these famous people and all of these stars in the NFL just giving their kudos to Drew Brees, and it's really incredible in a in a world that we live today where we're all where a lot of people seem to be about taking others down hmm. and, and finding a way to just you know combat being combative or saying i'm better than you and just all of these people you know peyton manning left a video for him congratulating him for beating his own record uh you know and you know pat mcafee is on twitter congratulating him uh you know max kellerman talks about how great he is he's a host of the first first take on yep uh you know brian baldinger former nfl head coach lebron james or i mean we're moving we're moving outside of football
1: and and that's a really excellent point you bring up about how the world is in such a place right now where oftentimes like we're wanting to focus on ourselves and like what we bring to the table that's in a way a one of the beautiful things about sports is we, uh-huh. we talked about that early on uh, in our bigger podcast. Bigger than football. Right. Bigger than sports. I mean, it brings people together to celebrate these things, to watch history where obviously we're talking a lot about how offense is becoming extremely common. Yeah. But that is a big thing. Mm-hmm. We've and had I, a few quarterbacks in the last couple of years that have like gotten over that plateau yeah. that Marino had for so many years. Right. But we're just – and the and thing – that I think is really fascinating is we have Drew Brees for at least another year. We have this year and another. Yeah. So,
0: and barring if, you know, barring, if Brady retires at the same time Brees does or before him, then Brees will hold on this record for a long time. Yeah. But if not, Brady's right there. He could end up getting there, you know, but I said, we just gave you the numbers. The numbers speak for themselves. I give you those numbers and you talk about one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever grace the field. But then you you read this book and you and you hear how he talks about his family and about the person he is and about his faith and about helping your fellow man. It's just every bit the human being that he is, the football player, and it's so incredible how he not only overcame adversity from being the sixth string quarterback at Purdue to being a second round draft pick and a third slash backup, third string slash backup yeah. with with the Chargers, winning that job. Taking that team to, to pretty big heights because I think they made a title game or the Super Bowl, one of the two with Breeze. They were close. I don't think they made in the Super a Bowl year or two. Or. But anyway, they you know they went far away, and he was supposed to be the guy to getting injured. The year before he got working, injured, he put up numbers, those numbers yeah. of like kind of Drew Breeze-esque numbers, where the touchdowns were high, interceptions and just, low, and you know to get that injury, be told you never do it again, to playing with the Saints and then breaking all these records, and it's just. He, the man has overcame adversity physically in terms of his body, yeah. mentally in terms of people telling him he can't, and emotionally in terms of always having to fight from the bottom up the whole way. It's just it's unbelievable, and he deserves every second that we have spent on him on our show today. Just because he's it. an incredible human being, and his jersey is signed hanging up right now in the room where we're recording. We, and yeah, That's amazing. Say
1: two more things that I just want to say to wrap it up. About him talking about his faith, and that's obviously not something that we delve into on on our show. Yeah, not
0: too much. But
1: but just seeing him in the post game conferences uh, after after the win last night and after the record breaking, and seeing him get emotional and yeah, he got the two emotional. people he thanked were he said they're up in heaven right now. Who mm-hmm. I'm getting? He's like my mom and my grandpa who pushed me to to play football to be where i am so that's just incredible and and just the fact that somebody of his of his level of his caliber to to show that vulnerability yeah i mean obviously it's a special moment it and is. He, and he, right when the record was broken his wife and his four young children came down yeah. he was hugging them his
0: three boys and his girl
1: and i mean even what he said they were asked, "What did What did you say to them?" He's like, "What I say to them every night before they go to bed, and just nothing is handed. If you want it, you can do
0: it, mm-hmm. but you have to go earn it." Mm. Mm-hmm. That's just what a guy. You can't put so many, and then, and then, you know, like he hits you with that such an incredible moment about humanity and living. And then he turns around, hugs his coach, tell him how much he loves him. And then he says, "Now let's go win the game." And that's if that's Drew Brees that's Drew Brees and that's why he's one of my if not my favorite players to ever play the game he's just incredible uh, so Drew Brees h- thank you for listening <laughs> yeah no <laughs> and hats off to you man you've done so much for the two of us really and for countless others your family your friends your community your teammates the community and every lady. other fan that follows so you so much so much for so New Orleans thank you for being the man you are thank you for being the football player you are uh, and uh, congratulations. We forward, congratulations, and we look forward to many more accomplishments as you're going to win the Super Bowl say, according to me. Here we go. I mean, like... <laughs> I said uh, it last week. The team is incredible. In
1: a way, I hope this wasn't happen. but in yeah. a way, I'd be really afraid that if they won, he'd be like, you know what? I'm going to ride out on the high note. Oh, and yeah. And I want to keep your breeze. Yeah, right. But we don't I want don't to lose don't them. don't necessarily think that would happen, yeah. even if they did win.
0: But regardless, fire. But, good, good segment. Good segment. Who, I'm glad we spent that time on... On Drew Brees. He's a so, guy. next up,
1: we're gonna go uh, travel to some NFC East. There's a lot going yeah. on here.
0: So, there's a lot of really interesting divisions, and and I I think we'll have time to get to the other ones that I mentioned because I have three very interesting divisions written down here. Okay, but NFC East is very interesting. We have the the Washington not
1: necessarily for good reasons. No, because
0: right we have Washington leading the division right now at two and two after the loss last night because yep. they had a bye week early. Then we have right behind them, tied for second, are the Eagles and the Cowboys, both at two and three, and the Giants may be one and four, but they're only one game out of first place. So, in the in the win column, of course, not the loss column, but they're only one game out in the win column. So, right. it, division's up for grabs. And oh, completely. In the midst of all that, we have some drama in New York, and who? What else is new? Right. So <laughs> obviously,
1: uh, for those of you who don't know, so we're kind of recapping what happened last mm-hmm. week. So last week. Odell Beckham Jr., who has just signed to a massive contract Mm -hmm. uh, to definitely be a cornerstone of that franchise, came out very publicly. Like, this is a televised interview. Like, this isn't talking to the press for print. Like, this is sitting down in front of a camera Mm -hmm. calling out his teammates. Mm -hmm. Really seemed—I mean, he didn't say Eli Manning
0: specifically, but kind of—
1: Seems pretty Eli-ish and, and in the, a lot of ways. The comments
0: weren't very pointed, but it was very clear that he wasn't supporting his teammates. And she, in the in inter- interview, she asked him, she said, "Is it Eli's fault?" And he was like, "I don't know."
1: So he, he
0: said, "He said he can throw the ball for. He can't really move out of the pocket, but can he throw the ball anymore?" And he said, "Maybe." So, so you know. <laughs>
1: And so I want to turn to you. We talked about Jalen Ramsey earlier on in the in
0: the year. What what are your take on these OBJ comments? So this is very interesting because I love a guy with fire and, and sort of electric energy. He definitely has and that. Rex Ryan said something very intriguing on Get Up. Okay, right? a couple days ago, I think I believe it was Monday morning. Okay, which would have been yesterday. Sorry, in a couple days. Okay, but so he said. Are you going to be the Energizer buddy that gets up and is very dramatic and outgoing, but you look at you get your teammates to follow you through there? Or are you going to be the Energizer vampire who's going to suck the life out of every player because you're all about you and getting yours and you don't care about the team? Okay. And there have been times where, you know for most of that game, he was the Energizer Bunny. He got the rest of that team going. Yeah. He threw the touchdown to Saquon. He caught a big touchdown for Eli. Like, he got people going. Yeah. And then you turn around and you say these comments and then you're draining your energy from your team. You know? So it's very interesting and what was funny to me is he said that and uh, because Rex said that he's okay with somebody being that big personality Sure. if they're performing and energizing their team. But Mike Greenberg and Jalen Rose, two of the two hosts, two of the three hosts of, because Michelle Beadle is also the third one, the hosts of Get Up, shot back at him and said, I disagree. You can't be the biggest personality in the locker room if you're a wide receiver because it doesn't work. And then... And then Rex said he disagreed, and they both pointed at him and said, you know why? Because you were always the biggest personality in your locker rooms, and it worked. Because even though you had divas in your locker rooms, hmm. they went to you for the comments because you were going to give it to them. Okay. And I thought that was so interesting. It's a good point. Because, the, you know, Rex always absorbed it all. Because if they wanted a fun quote or a line, Rex was fine giving it to them.
1: Absolutely.
0: You know, they didn't care to go to Braylon Edwards or Mark Sanchez to get their quotes. Because... Who cared about them? Rex was going to give you all of it. Pat Shermer's not going to give you anything. So you go to OBJ because you know he's going to give you the quote. Well, that I want
1: to uh, kind of focus in on that now to give a little transition because talking about Pat Shermer, I mean, he was very poignant. (laughs) He was. And on the borderline of heated when that was brought up after the game, Thanito was was uh, the. He gave us a little Shakespeare Shakespeare there. He's like, I'm going to give you a pound of flesh, (laughs) Thanito. I'll ask you this, and I'm only curious. Uh, obviously, earlier on in our show, we were, I've been talking about like the first year head coaches this year. Yeah. So Pat Shermer is an ex head coach who is not super successful. So I'm kind of getting curious as to see how much wiggle room he has here. Okay. We're talking about the division being pretty wide open, and it is. It really is. But I think. The Giants, coming into the year, expected a lot more than 1-4 thus far. Oh, without far. a doubt, without a doubt. So they have a lot of talent, and you can talk about Eli Manning and his regression or lack thereof. Obviously, Saquon Barkley, running back out of Penn State, has been lighting on fire. He's Absolutely. been performing extremely well, so you can't really question that taking him second overall. And we are, by the way. <laughs> but we are. <laughs> but... I'm kind of curious as to see what's going to happen with this train here. You're right.
0: New I, York's a tough town. I mean, <laughs> I don't really even know. I could. I would love to sit here and be analyst expert and say this is what's gonna. I have no idea what's gonna happen. I have no idea what's going on right now with the Giants because not only do they have all these offensive weapons, they have talent on defense too. They're not terrible. You know what I mean? Like, this is a team two years ago that made they it. They were to eleven
1: and five. Yeah. Made and, it to the playoffs, mm-hmm. obviously got a little Aaron Rodgers right, there, uh, right. but the
0: whole yacht fiasco and whatnot. With OBJ, yeah. And so their wide receivers maybe Again, weren't on... back to OBJ causing drama for the team. It's just, Rex Ryan said it too on Get Up, he said, talent will always overcome drama. And I'm not so sure so sure right now. We're seeing... I'm really not. I, I, I agree, because we're <laughs> seeing that, we're talking
1: about New York, but we've talked about Pittsburgh and their offensive talent obviously and they've been struggling. I mean, obviously turned in a really great performance right. last Sunday against the Falcons, but we'll see
0: if that's sustainable and what's going on. Tough matchup this week. Ooh, both teams so, are, both teams have tough matchups.
1: Yeah, so I mean, we'll see. This is going to be a great opportunity for New York to it go really in. is Thursday night. Thursday night and they're going to play their division rival Philadelphia are they at Eagles. Home they I'm pretty sure they're traveling to Philadelphia, okay. so not an easy matchup, Got but all- I mean, Get a huge monkey off their back if they can walk yeah, away that could with be that.
0: Big, big time game. But it wouldn't we'll surprise me if they see. won either.
1: I mean, who knows with both of those things. We'll move on to the Philadelphia Eagles then. Defending Super yeah. Bowl champs. So, JJ running yeah, that's back. Tough. Uh finished the game. See, this is why I'm super intrigued so, by this.
0: There you go, intrigued.
1: Finished the game. Mm-hmm. After the game, in his post-game interviews, said he wanted to run the Just ball more. Time trying to get more touches. He, like, <laughs> he, he addressed the fumble, which obviously uh-huh. was completely unacceptable. Yeah. Fumbled within the five-yard line as his team was marching for one of the very first times of the game. Right. He addressed it, said, I can't do that, but I can take more responsibility and we should run the ball more. Next day, we find out that he tore his ACL inside the game, and he's now an mm-hmm. IR.
0: Yeah. So,
1: obviously, Philadelphia's scrambling for what they're going to do. Lots of talks about trading or promoting from within and whatnot. hmm But you lose a Kel ba- or bell <laughs> cow back like that with a team that's already struggling. Yeah. Coming in with the expectations that that team did.
0: Yeah. What's going on with the Philadelphia Eagles, my friend? So, this is interesting because it's, they, it's so hard because they have so much talent on their team, you know what I mean? As a whole. As a whole. And and not even, and even beyond Ajayi, they have the youngster running back, Corey Clement, second year back. They have Wendell Smallwood, second year undrafted player who's came on nice in last year. Darren Sproles, eventually, when he comes off injury, another v- veteran running back. You know, and they have these receivers and Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar, and they have one of the top three or four tight ends in the league in Zach Ertz. It's yep. just... And they have all that talent on defense and that defensive line. It's just, why? They added to that They this added year. to it. And it's just so interesting to me. And this is why I love football. This is one of the biggest reasons why I love football is you you just can never predict what's going to happen. You just can't. Because most people would have thought the Eagles would be 4-1, 5-0 right now with... You know, their Super Bowl MVP is their backup, and they got their MVP quarterback back in Carson Wentz, and now they're two and three, and they could end up losing the game to the Giants this Thursday night and being tied for the division bottom. It's just, I don't know. You know, they haven't figured out their run game, which I think has put so much pressure on Wentz and, yeah. and Foles when he was there. They really haven't. Uh, you know, Jai had a lot of touchdowns in, in, near the red zone, but he didn't have a lot of yardage going on. You're right. So they haven't really figured out how to move the ball on the ground. They've been throwing the ball a ton, which sort of at times extends the game because you have incomplete passes and things of that nature. And then their defense hasn't really been able to stop a lot of people, especially when they get down to the red zone. You know, Tennessee eight, They really did, and they pushed them all the way to the end of that game, and Mariota delivered the victory. And then last year, last year, excuse me, pardon, last week, you know they just really couldn't put it together, and then and they kind of came on near the end of that game, but just couldn't finish. And it's it's so engrossing <laughs> to to watch. I'm engaged. <laughs> it's it's really is. I, I I don't have an answer. I just I don't I don't know what's going on with them, but I'm I'm ready. To see what's going to happen this Thursday. That's a very, very... It's going to be a huge key
1: game. Yes. And it's going to shape storylines, I think. I don't want to make such a bold statement where, like, I don't necessarily think the winner of this game goes on to win the division or anything. Right. But it's going to be a key moment. But it goes a long yeah. way, too. That's a it's big It's going to be a key moment for either team. When, they, like, when we get to the end
0: of the year, when we look back, it's going to be... Well because there's only been week six, one
1: Thursday night, Thursday night football. Has there
0: only been one division game in this division this year? I'm not entirely sure, but I don't remember seeing a lot of division matchups between these teams so yet.
1: I think you're correct.
0: You know? So, you know, to get up leg up in the division this early in a division that is so close and tight and up for grabs at this point, it's huge. You're one and four, Giants. You figure it out this week and beat the Eagles, you're in a great position. A a great position being only one loss. Or one game back in the win column of, or no, you tied in the win column with the other division leaders, possibly one if the other two teams win, but you're right there, and you have a division win. So, big I'm, game. I'm not personally
1: interested in talking about the Redskins right now. Okay. I'm disappointed as a whole with how they performed last <laughs> I would last be night. very disappointed in them. I thought it would, I picked the Saints to win, obviously, in yeah. picks, but I thought it was going to be... I believe in Alex Smith to get some things going on, but yeah. Jay Gruden has his work cut out for him. He does. Not super interesting storylines uh, as the other three, so let's turn it over to our
0: last team there, the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys, yeah. Uh, we're hoping to have our Dallas Cowboy correspondent, Mike Mekas, friend of ours, from Pittsburgh on today, but unfortunately we couldn't connect. Hopefully next week he's on to give us the take from a Cowboys fan, but they're...
1: Yeah, and he'll hear this and he's gonna yeah. he'll
0: he'll have our, yeah. our words and he'll be like, No, you're so wrong <laughs> They're so. a very intriguing team as well because now I feel like you're just making fun of me. <laughs> that may have been the one time I wasn't making fun of <laughs> 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 But anyway, it's just somebody posted, which team do you think has the worst wide receiving core, the Buffalo Bills or the Dallas Cowboys? And it was very heavily the Cowboys. Really. And I feel like that's wrong. Okay. Explain. I feel like it's totally wrong because you know, the Bills have the only really proven talent is Kelvin Benjamin, wide receiver formerly of the Panthers. Yep. Now with the Bills, the trade from last year. But he hasn't really been that much in two or three years because he's been injured or inconsistent. Sure. So beyond yep. that, you have with the Bills, you have second round, second year receiver, Zay Jones, he who hasn't really proved. I he's feel go-
1: like he's pretty good. He's
0: gotten a lot better this year. Uh, and then you have rookie Ray Ray McLeod, uh, who is a fourth or fifth round pick. And then you have undrafted rookie out of Alabama, Robert Foster. And then you have beyond that, Andre Holmes, sixth or seventh year vet, he used to be with the Raiders, mostly a special teams contributor. but So those are pretty much the core guys in Buffalo. But then you have guys who are proven talents in Dallas right now, who just seem to not be clicking or producing. With, you know, Alan Hearns was a big time receiver with the Jags, and he had a couple thousand-yard seasons, if I'm not incorrect with that, yep. uh, you know, alongside Allen Robinson out of Penn State, wide receiver. And then you have, you know, Cole Beasley, who's a proven slot threat yep. in this league. You and Then after that, you have Tavon Austin, who maybe not always the consistent receiver, but he's been a consistent offensive weapon in terms of you get the guy ball in space and he's going to make plays. Uh, and, you know, they lost Jason Whitman's big. They cut Dez Bryant, who ironically they could use right now, Des Bryant. But they had, you know, and Michael Gallup was a third-round receiver uh, with a very high pedigree out of, a, I believe, Colorado State. But, you know, they have guys who have proven it and done it in the league before, especially in Hearns and Beasley and a no, little bit a very in good Austin. Uh, and even Deontay Thompson, who... Who was used to one be on the Bills, Buffalo's cool weapon, and last he year. made some of the biggest plays of the year last year for the Bills, and he's on the team now. So there's guys who have proven it. So I'm not saying that they're a great receiving core because they're really not, and neither are the Bills at all. But I don't think the Dallas. I would take the Dallas Cowboys receiving core right now in a heartbeat over the Bills. Makes sense. Receiving core. I
1: understand. That's when you brought that up to me earlier in the week, well, I guess, yesterday. Yeah. I never thought about it, but you Mm -hmm. make a really great argument, and I think you're definitely correct in saying those things. Mm -hmm. What I think is really uh, engaging Mm -hmm. about the (laughs) Dallas Cowboys is I feel like they're just a team of night and day that we've seen thus far throughout the season. So I think the only game that I can recall at least between that we've seen the division matchups is the Dallas-New York game where Dallas just... Stomped all right. over the and Giants. I believe
0: that's the only matchup that's happened. Yeah, at least so that's far. coming to
1: my head right now. And so that was a game where you're like, oh, Dallas, legit, they figured mm-hmm. it out. And then another game where they were, I don't know if we say night is the good one, day is the good one. Right. But Detroit, I think they, they lost that. Did they, they won that game? I'm sorry. No. Against the Lions? Yeah, they won. I
0: believe they lost against the Lions. Yeah. The okay. two wins are against the Eagles and. Actually, that's a tough one. We might have to look into
1: that one. Regardless, so but they yeah. played well, so it was a close game, one way or the other.
0: Performed well, but
1: they didn't play poorly against Houston. They definitely had the opportunity. Yeah, they were which, in that
0: game. Yeah, they beat the the Cowboys. Beat the Lions twenty six to twenty four in week four. Elliott had two hundred and forty scrimmage yards and a touchdown.
1: Yes. Okay, yeah. so Zeke turned it on. Who is just one of the, an amazing talent, Absolutely. awesome, awesome yeah. player. But it's just, what's going on? The night and day, if you can't get Zeke going, and we saw some containment against a tough Houston defense on Sunday night. But they were in the position to win the game. And I know we're going to go into a little mini rant, rave, recall here, my friend. Yeah. And your
0: your opinions on that, how that game it's uh, just, shook up. What's very really interesting, and just, I want to make a point before I get to that. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Rant, okay, It's a mini rant, it's not too big. But... You know, the Dallas Cowboys, and correct me if I'm wrong or if this doesn't make sense to you, they kind of mirror the Bills a little bit. Hmm. And I, I really, because they have somewhat of a putrid receiving core who doesn't perform, <laughs> they have a very young quarterback who's still trying to put things together. You know, obviously Dak has been in the league a couple years and he's proven it a little bit. Yeah. But they're still both young quarterbacks trying to figure it out. They have stud running backs. You know Zeke obviously has been better than McCoy this year as of late. But in the la- in the last in the years that Zeke's been in, McCoy's production's up there with them. You know they have that, and they have young, talented defense. They both have a lot of young pieces, uh, and it's just so they sort of mirror each other a little bit. But the, what bugs me so much about the Cowboys is you have this incredible offensive line, and this is the segue into my little rant here. And you have it on 4th and 1 in the opponent's territory in overtime. And you don't go for it. And that bugs me. And I want to and I want to talk about this for a while. Because this seems to be a theme in the last couple weeks right now about going for it on 4th and 1 late in the game to win the game. And this is so interesting to me that last week Colts head coach Frank Reich went for it on 4th down in overtime. Didn't get it. Texas won in overtime. This week Cowboys head coach Jason Garrett punted it on 4th and shorter. Than what it was, and the Texans win in overtime. So the two different coaching approaches yielding the same result for the Texans. Sure. But then you have Mike Rabel of the T- Tennessee Titans going for it on fourth down and coming out with a victory. Yep. So you have all these, you know, and then also this past week, Sean McVay on fourth and one against Seattle. They were on the ropes. They go for it on fourth and one. Goff sneaks it head forward for the first down, shows a little bit of fire, which I really loved. Seals the game. For the first down, seals the game. So we're looking at all these games that are coming down to literally inches, and we're joking about football as a game of inches, but the proof is right there on the pudding, my friends. Literally, I don't even know what that saying means, and I don't know why it's, it's such a saying, but regardless, is the proof is right there if you ever need to see it. If you want to win in the league, and barring the one decision by Frank Reich, and they didn't get it, every other coach that has decided to go for it on that fourth down call late in the game has won the game. And the ones who haven't didn't get it in Jason Garrett this past week. And so I'm saying that wouldn't you rather give your highest paid in the NFL offensive line, arguably the best, if not one of the best, and arguably the best, if not one of the best, running backs in the league. A shot on fourth and one to pick up one, less than one yard to win a game in opponent's territory. I'll argue this just for the sake of it. Okay. So, Dallas's offensive,
1: losing Travis Frederick center is huge. This is big. Now, the center has been playing pretty well. I don't even know his name, so I'm He's sorry, all right. Dallas center. I don't know who you are, because <laughs> I miss Travis Frederick. Nothing against you. <laughs> yeah. But Houston's defense, we obviously know their ends. Jadavian Clowney, yeah. JJ Watt, they're able to like break yeah. they're able to break down from from the outside to get yeah. this going. So if you Zeke was pretty well contained in that game. Yeah. He was stuffed part. on they had it third and short, and he got stuffed, which prompted yeah. the punt. So I understand. No, you're right. They should have gone for it. And now I think. I asked about Pat Shermer, what his leash is like. I'm really curious about Jason <sighs> Garrett because <laughs> Jerry Jones called him out. He said, this is the time to be aggressive. Yeah. Jason Garrett has had such a long leash that's kind of remarkable, if you ask me. I'm really curious about... Most of the coaches would have been fired. I think no he... The funny thing about Garrett, and it's so factual if you look at memes and things, like he's always clapping for like the silliest things. He was like, yeah, all right, we got the field goal. And he like gets really excited. Like, that's, that's Jason Garrett instead of, like, the big-time win or something like that. I understand if you're going to be conservative as Garrett has been consistently through yeah. his career. Yeah. Everything in that game kind of said to punt in yeah. a certain way because you in got stuffed on the planning. third... You're playing a really great defense. Zeke had not been Zeke through that game. Zeke's been like the new kind of exciting Zeke where he's catching passes. He did really well in that category. He caught all seven of his targets. Yeah. So that's really cool. But running was really tough against that defense. And we've yeah. been talking defense. Like I said, defense won week five in my opinion. So I get it. Is he wrong? Obviously, he lost the game. I do think he's wrong. But I I understand. I will yeah,
0: say. I just... And we, I said it last week that NFL history is littered with decisions like this that have won or lost teams' games and it'll always be that way and it has always been that way. And I just believe, I truly believe that there's a moment where numbers lie and numbers don't matter anymore and you have it on fourth and less than one. I don't, to me, maybe I'm wrong, but to me, I don't care that my center's out. I don't care that he was just stuffed. I don't care that he's had a tough time on the ground. Go get us that that, that, that half yard. Go do it. I agree. I think with you, it's just my you
1: know. I just I agree with you, and I think and if a, we, if I'm we not did, even a Cowboys fan, and that we, just hurts me. If we had Mike on next week, he'd be yeah. like, Josh, you were silly for even defending it, right? But, but I, I'm making the point. But we, I will say this mm-hmm. as well. So following the punt, if you didn't watch the game or how yeah. it ended, obviously the next. I'm not even. I'm not sure if it was Houston's first offensive player, yeah. or if it was the first handful of that drive. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver for the Houstons, goes and does a very DeAndre Hopkins yeah, thing, spins 80 times around <laughs> every defender and yeah. takes it down to basically where you could have kicked it from there. Yeah. With how that game had been going, with the way yeah. that Dallas' defense, you can put some trust in, and if that they just tightened up, they didn't allow that to right. happen, they could have very well gotten it back. Yeah. And, so, then, and then
0: a lot of people would have been saying, Thank God he punted and they ended up getting good field position and winning that game. Because
1: Deshaun Watson had been
0: beat up in that game.
1: He struggled to come out to do that drive. So that was a great play by Hopkins, obviously. Hindsight
0: hindsight is always twenty twenty. We We said said it it last week. week. We'll probably
1: continue talking about it throughout the rest of the football
0: season. But it's just, I will always live with the decision to go for it regardless. And I know that it's easy to say that when you look at it from our perspective, sure. But also when you look at it from the perspective of we didn't and they didn't win, but I will always 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 live with it. If you don't get it, just go for it. Take the jump.
1: I agree. Yeah. I mean, we saw it. Yeah. We saw it in Seattle when the Rams, so, Rams went there. The Rams I, you went alluded it. to
0: it, but the Titans went for I it. think
1: it's just I think it's really fascinating the fact that had Pete Carroll of the Seahawks not called the timeout to conserve the time, right, cause they, they were going to punt it.
0: Which is very inter-
1: interesting, And because of the timeout, <laughs> Goff had time to go and be like, hey,
0: let's do, do it. Yeah. And McVay was like, you know what, okay. But
1: if they hadn't called the you timeout... You see in the press
0: conference too? McVay, McVay answered a question where he said... That you know, he had a moment, and he said the guys looked at him and said, "We can get this." Yeah. And he said, "How can I preach to my team about always being aggressive and believing in each other?" If he didn't do and it. not and punted in that situation when they're all telling me we can do this. Right. And he said, "Go do it," and they did it, and that's just awesome. Right. I mean that.
1: <laughs> we talked about McVay last week. We did. But just it's continues awesome. to show. I there's he's a reason why Sean McVay and the,
0: and the LA Rams are five and zero, and they're for, they're five and zero for a lot of reasons. That aren't don't have anything to do with the Dallas Cowboys but there's a reason why you win that why they win, win that game to stay undefeated and the Dallas Cowboys lose that game to drop to a tie when they could have won and elevated them to number one in the division right now I agree I so, agree hopefully we get our buddy Mike on next week to talk about Cowboys more in depth but uh, a very very fun division to pay attention to this year
1: it's definitely interesting
0: yes so there that's we go the what I, I was it. looking for I said it and I don't regret it Good. It's fine. You went for it, and regardless of the, at least you went for it. I went for it. and I feel like I converted. <laughs> Good. I
1: was Jared Goff, and I snuck over the line. You Jared Goff. Thanks. That'd be. It's very nice. I'm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So something really, really awesome
0: happened uh, this week as well. Yeah, we kind of we, going
1: back to the Giants game. We, we
0: talked so much about uh, some bad things right now. Let's let's get some more. Well, we, thought, we started we start off with a good one with Drew. Then we kind of like got on some people right there. Let's go back to some fun things. Even though I picked the Giants in this game, and I'm upset that they almost pulled it out. when They nobody almost thought they pulled would.
1: it out. So Graham Cano, kicker for Graham the Carolina Cano. Panthers, kicked what is tied. For the longest game-winning game field winning, goal. Because the longest one is 64. Six, yeah, so it's not the longest field goal mm-hmm. in NFL history, but tied for the longest game yeah. winner. So we'll paint the picture. New York is up 31 to 30. There are mm-hmm. five seconds left. Mm-hmm. And they send out their kicker for a 63-yard field goal. Now we're going to play for you some audio from the Spanish telecast. It's awesome. It really is. And it's just so much fun. So uh, let's just check this out and enjoy it. If you haven't heard it, you're in for a treat here.
0: <laughs> is the best part? He sounds like he sounds like Dave Matthews scatting. Oh God! (laughs) What if I feel personally attacked? (laughs) Oh, that's so funny but awesome. Uh, for just so you know, I'm not laughing because it's just because he's stupid. I'm not uh, because it's awesome. I mean, it is. And it's awesome. so I cool. I wonder how big so of a Carolina upset.
1: Panthers fan this guy is. I would hope he's a huge Panthers fan. Clearly,
0: something going on there. <laughs> oh my! That sounded like me after kicked the game when <laughs> he showed going against the Titans in my room. My
1: favorite part though is just. Obviously, I mean, I live in Puerto Rico. I speak a fair bit of Spanish. I'm not, like, super fluent or anything. Yeah. But the only part of that I understand is (laughs) Senor Gano. At one point, I don't know if it's a Spanish thing, but you don't hear commentators in the NFL, at least in English, ever say, Mr. Breeze. And this guy's like, Mr. Gano, Ganot, Ganot, Mr. Gano. I don't even know. It's just... Senior, you in the middle of all of that, my
0: jaw dropped when it's happened, and it's not very often that a kick makes you feel that way, which is a lot of fun for kickers. I feel, and there's a lot of people who will trash kickers and say it's stupid, it's a non-football play, not Rich Eisen, uh, but I'm mostly talking about Skip Bayless. But regardless, um, <laughs> I like Skip Bayless. It's, we don't need to get into Skip Bayless right now, but regardless, I just think that it's it's so much fun that. It, came to, it comes down to that, and he nails it 63 yards as time expires. And it's so much fun to hear a guy get that excited about it, regardless of what language you're talking. Mr. Gano My M- favorite Mr. part... Mr. G- yes, it's good.
1: <laughs> my just favorite part about watching the video with yeah. the Spanish simulcast over it is obviously Gano and the entire team is very excited But, like, this guy continues freaking out for a good handful of seconds. (laughs) I know. To the point where, like, everyone else is just walking off the field. Like, there's a great shot of Graham Ganoe just walking off. He's smiling, and he's still (laughs) freaking the heck out. So, it's not matching the picture at all, and it's just wonderful. It's fun. Good point, counterpoint. So, thank you uh, for making us smile, uh, Mr. Spanish commentator. It made us happy. It did make
0: us very happy.
1: So we, you and I, Adam, got into a, a little bit of a debate today at we work. Did. And uh, we we're
0: gonna...
1: doing it over headsets.
0: <laughs> for, and... the, for those who don't know, maybe this is your first time listening, or maybe you haven't listened to all the episodes, Josh and I both work at Panera Bread together, and very often we're both on headset for the drive-thru. And today we got into a little bit of a debate about cornerbacks in the NFL. A little and bit of a spat. A couple of our managers pointed out, we don't need to listen to the show, we just listen to this over the <laughs> headset. And we were reminded that we don't debate that often anymore. We have nice discussion, but maybe we should debate a little bit. We went at it while we were in college which, a few times, <laughs> which I feel like maybe... A lot of fun.
1: It is fun, and I feel like we do it in a respectful manner, but Let's you're right, we don't do it too much on this show as up to this point. But we might have a little bit of battle over this one. So and uh, it mostly stemmed from a player near and dear to your heart, and yeah. I feel like that was a reason why. So we are going to go into, uh, we've been saying, this is kind of the our defensive play. This is defense one week five is what I've been saying throughout the course of the show. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk now about our top... Ten cornerbacks. Yeah. So. Uh, so if
0: there ever was a glamour position for the defense in the NFL, it's definitely cornerback. I mean, like I love my linebackers, but I mean, I are do cool too. too. So, <laughs> but uh, so we both have our top ten cornerbacks, and uh, I have a feeling that they're not gonna. I have a feeling that they're gonna both include a handful of the same players. Maybe I, I have a feeling there are gonna be a couple surprises in both of our lists that aren't in the other one's list. Okay. But I, I think it'll be a lot of fun, and also in terms of ranking. So for me, I'm going to go from 10 to 1. Okay. At number 10, I have Zavian Howard of the Miami Dolphins. I believe he's a second year player.
1: Oh, wow. Wait, he's a third year third player. Year You're player. putting him at 10?
0: I have Zavian Howard at oh, number 10 on my list. That
1: makes me feel, see, because yeah. I threw out his name and you totally mocked me.
0: Okay, well, so here's doing the thing is argument. because it was in comparison to another player. But That's we'll get fine. Okay. We'll get there. Anyway, so I have Xavier Howard of the Dolphins. He's a, He's an emerging player. Uh, You know, had a really great year last year, and he started off very strong this year, too. You know, his big breakout game, I believe, in terms of national attention last year, was the two-pick game against the New England Patriots and Tom Brady in a primetime football game in in an upset victory late in the year. So I have him at 10. At 9, I have Josh Norman. Ooh, interesting. I think that that he's still very much a top-10 corner. I feel like
1: they completely discredited him even in the game last
0: night. I think that he's dropped off. A lot, but I still think that he is he's up there for me. At eight, I have more Sean Lattimore. Second-year corner out of—he I, don't, I don't, he went to Ohio State, I believe. Yes, but he did. drafted by the New Orleans Saints. Huge talent. He, I believe he was up there for defensive rookie of the year. He, he, he may have won. He did. He won defensive rookie of the year. Uh, then I have seven. I have Casey Hayward of okay. the San Diego Chargers. Interesting. I have him a bit lower. I think that he's a very underrated corner because he's not— That big of a name, and I don't think a lot of people give him the credit he deserves, but he... But Buffalo fans know him. Buffalo fans sure do know Casey Hayward. Regardless, he's at seven. At six, I have Marcus Peters. Okay. I think some people may have forgotten about him a little bit, going from Kansas City to L.A., but he's really performed this year, he really has, shutting down people, making just plays in terms of pass defenses interceptions. Okay. At five, I have Tredavious White of the Buffalo Bills. And this is the big differentiating thing for Josh and I. But, that being said, I don't think Tradavius gets the credit that he deserves. I he agree with that. He consistently shuts down guys who are on him. Last year, he did a lot of the early Richard Sherman career thing where he was just on the left side and he stayed through the whole game. And anybody who went over there just kind of disappeared. This year, he started the shadow people. And he's consistently shut down decent weapons this year I would say so but I'm just saying that I don't think he gets enough credit to deserve he's always around the ball whether he's getting an interception causing fumbles she or doesn't p- have but any this year not yeah. yet but he's always around the ball that's the thing about me is that turnovers you can't consistently count on the stat sheet in terms of turnovers but you can consistently count on a player being there sure and he's always around the ball okay so there's that he's at five at four, I have Patrick Peterson He's always been a top five corner since the day he walked into the league, I believe. All right. I never thought he wasn't. He's just a ball hawk, and he's always in this list. Three, I have Richard Sherman. A lot of people may have forgotten about Richard Sherman, but he's been incredible this year. He really has. Uh, Pro Football Focus has it listed. I forget what the exact number is, but it listed the top five corners in terms of how many passes per completion. Okay. And he's at, like, 80. So there's, like, 80-something passes Every time, in between every completion oh, on cool. him. Okay. The next four guys are in the 20s. And Tredavious White is number two on that list, just so you know. three, Two, I have Xavier Rhodes uh-huh. of the Minnesota Vikings. And number one, I have Jalen Ramsey of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. So, you know, all of these guys are just incredible, and i would happy to have any of them on my team. That okay. being said, I think it's fun to, to fund a rank a little bit. I have a good time with it, and I know our lists are going to be different.
1: Yeah, uh, my list is different. I don't know how you don't have AJ Bouye
0: in a top ten. That was a tough one. That was a tough one. Uh, My see, my thing about AJ Bouye, and I think he's great, and I I have him at eleven or twelve. If that was the list we were making, I went to fifteen. But the thing, but the thing about it is, I think Ramsey helps Bouye a ton. Okay, I think he can't it has discredited his talent. I'm not discrediting title. talent. I'm saying that I think your numbers are your numbers are helped out when you have another guy over there that are just as good, and you don't know where I to go. I think you
1: can make the argument that Jalen Ramsey hurts him because no one wants to throw at Ramsey, so they all throw at AJ, okay. who in last year graded better than Ramsey in all Is of those. True? Yes, and all of those pro football focus things where like okay. you're getting targeted, Ramsey did. Perform, I mean, Bouye performed better than Ramsey. It's just hard. I will say that. This is my time to (laughs) talk, thank you. Okay, okay. All right, so you want me to go (laughs) from 10 to 1? Is that how you want me to do it? you can do whatever you want. All right, well, number 10, I will, uh, and this is something where I said this name at work, and you were like, that's dumb. Uh, I still think that Malcolm Butler is an amazing cornerback. He does amazing things, extremely physical. Okay. Not afraid to tackle, and I'll always like that. Okay. Number 9, although they got the snot beat out of them on Sunday Chris Harris is a huge I love him as a corner I like the tenacity and the fire that he brings to that defense it's been a really the no fly zone is not the no fly zone anymore they lost Aqib Talib who is not even on my list but in another amazing corner Uh, so I'm going to put Chris Harris there at number 9 going to number 8 and this this hurts me a little bit and I don't know I'm kind of thinking more of broad picture. I don't know much about the 49ers as much as I would want. I have Sherm sliding down to 8, right? Okay, now. Cuz okay. I just think after I love I love the fire that he brings. He lays everything out on the line, Yeah, but I think I could be wrong. Uh but I think since his injury, he is not he's not feared the way he was. Okay. Number 7, I have Darius Big Play Slay. <laughs> Big Play Slay. Love Big Play Slay <laughs> up there in Detroit. I think he locks down that side uh-huh. of the field and he He's the one who picked off Tom Brady in, in their big game that yeah. they beat the Patriots. Uh, Number six, I have Marshawn Lattimore, so a little bit higher than you do, but okay. I'm a huge fan of the kid. But he's kid. up
0: there too, yeah.
1: Uh, I think last night, obviously he got injured in the game, but if we see we start to see that defense pick up and play the way they did last year, he was mm-hmm. a huge reason for it. Yeah. Number five, I have Bouye there. I am I'm a huge fan of him. Number four, I have Marcus Peters. I don't okay. like his attitude, but I okay. love his talent. You can't deny that. Alright, so he's around I had him at six years I'm at four. Right? Number three, I have Patrick Peterson. I think our top three are all the same. Wait, no, you had sure. I have three. Ra- yeah, I have Ramsey, Rhodes, and Peter. Yeah. I have Rhodes at two and Ramsey at one. Okay. So, okay, and I will I will have you know when I was making my list, because I told you at work. I know. That I have White as a top fifteen. Okay. He is, he is my okay. number thirteen. Who's a, so? Who's at eleven and twelve? Eleven and twelve. I have. Uh, I can't. It's. He has a hyphen name, but he's in Cincinnati. Jackson. I think he's doing some really special things right okay. now. I have Hayward at twelve. Okay. Await await at thirteen. Okay. Xavier Howard fourteen. Will Fuller at not Will Fuller. Kyle Fuller. Kyle Fuller. Or Kendall me. Fuller. Yes. He's in the the Bears, right? Chicago. Yes. Yes. Okay. yes at fifteen. Uh, and I, I'm leaving off some names I really like. I know. Josh Norman. I don't corns. have I him there. Josh
0: Norman's not even in the top 15.
1: Nope, not right now. Interesting. He was two years ago. Okay. They said it then. The announcers called him out blatantly. Okay. They said okay. he's not even the best corner on his team right now. Oh, wow. So, he's the best corner on the Washington team. Well, row? the thing is I can't even tell you because okay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with him, but Regardless. I think Norman was once upon a time feared. Not anymore. Okay. okay. Norman was... The thing that I, and I'll, I'll say this, and maybe mm. I'm playing too much into the reaction of last night and Drew Brees. Norman was the cornerback beat on the touchdown play was. that broke the record. Yeah. Drew Brees gave a nice little shoulder fake. Norman completely bit.
0: Touchdown. In his defense, it is Drew Brees. But you're right. You're right. But you're right. So I, I pulled up the exact stat on Richard Sherman because I feel like this is interesting that people haven't really... Notice this? Sure. So the stat is coverage snaps per reception allowed. Okay. So this is how many snaps they have that they were in coverage on a play that they didn't allow a reception. Richard Sherman, it's every 146 coverage snaps allows a reception. Incredible. The next four are Akeem Talib at 20.8. That's another name I don't have on my list. Tredavious White at 20.6. Patrick Peterson at 20.6. And Dante Dion. Of the Indianapolis Colts at seventeen point eight. Huh. So I would have thought. got. We don't even know. But regardless, I, I I don't always I don't always agree with, pro football focus and a lot of the stats they give out. But I do think they give a lot of really good stats. I mean, that's very. And that's interesting. a very very intriguing stat to look at, because I think that you're right. A lot of people thought that Richard Sherman's dropped off a lot, but I don't think he's dropped off as much as people may sure. have think. No, you're
1: you're that's a fascinating yeah. fact. Stat and I really appreciate that, but I will say we can't use that solely as the evidence since you just brought up a guy and we're like, who the heck is that?
0: Right, but he's a, but he's the last one on the list, and maybe he's just an upcoming guy. But also, the other three guys on the list are on uh, at least in your top fifteen, and they're all in my top ten. Yeah, so. so I I think it's interesting, and I just I will say this to, and you can you can wrap
1: this up after yeah. I'm done with this. So like we said, the how this stemmed is because we were talking about Tre'Davious White, who is. You said I said he was a top five. Oh, I said top ten, maybe top five. And you said and, and you said like he's he's the most talented player on your team, so when yes. I didn't give him respect, you took it as like nobody on the team's good. It wasn't right. necessarily and I said this to you at work. And I didn't realize you told me he's five yeah. eleven. I didn't realize that. For some reason I thought he was like five nine. Yeah. When I'm looking for cornerbacks that I want, I want the size. Yeah. I, and so that's what I go for and I explain that to you. And I feel like that's a little bit of what I'm doing with this list. Uh-huh. I'm kind of making a list of who if I was if I was making a dream team, if we're playing Madden right now and I'm drafting yeah. corners, this is how I would look at it, and that might be why Sherman's yeah. a little bit lower.
0: Tradavius is five eleven. That Sherman's so, 6'3". three.
1: And that's what I love. Yeah. So, like, but I'm saying, like, that might be even reason why Sherman's at eight. Because if I was, if I'm building a team, like, these yeah. are the guys that I'm going. Yeah, that's kind of also how I made this list. So, yeah. So
0: <laughs> I'm glad we. I'm glad we. It was did fun. It's interesting. Is that's what kind of diffused the argument? Because we were having this argument, and then you were like, "Well, I like to have the guys that are bigger." And I was like, "Okay, that makes sense." And I think that's a lot big reason why we don't. I don't want to say fight, but we don't. Have as heated debates as we do anymore because, you know, we both have our opinions, but we can get to a point where, we're, where we say, okay, I understand why you feel that way. Right. I may disagree, but I understand it. I think it's a maturity that's thing. That's why I we're think pals. pals. Yes, that's sir. That's why we're pals. But I think that's that's a fun little fun little thing. I, I like rating. I mean, I like ranking positions that maybe don't get a lot of love. So maybe next week we'll rank the best kickers and punters. <laughs>
1: Perfect. <laughs> punters are people too. So I'll just say this, and uh, let's make an agreement that this so this uh, segment is done right here. Okay. Xavier Howard has three interceptions this year. White has zero. <laughs> We're going to move on okay. to
0: Cold Reads. <laughs> All right. Cold Reads are... Wait. No, we, we created the jingle for Pals Picks, and we'll get that when it comes up. Yeah. But maybe we come up with something fun for Cold Reads. Uh, brr. Brr. <laughs> cold Reads. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> what would we like, law and order? What was that? <laughs> That's a copyright issue. Don't sue mm, us, please. Please. Anyway. Uh, cold Reads. So who's going to go first? I have, you've been
1: amping me up all day about okay. your cold reads, so all I right. just want to get so into it. So my
0: first cold read's a, a doozy, all and right. I think it's a lot
1: of fun. Here we go, I'm so, ready. So,
0: the New York Giants are one in four right now. Oddly enough, the New York Giants are involved in both my cold reads. But okay. this, one's, this one's, I think, a better one than the second one. The okay. second one's fun, but Max Kellerman, two days ago, tweeted out, hashtag New York Giants need to sign at... Colin Kaepernick. Ooh. Now, this is a two-fold cold read. One, do you think that Eli is the biggest problem and that they need to find an answer better than Eli Manning? And two, would it be a good idea to sign Colin Kaepernick? Oh, goodness gracious,
1: my friend. Yeah, <laughs> you, uh, you weren't <laughs> lying. So, no, Eli Manning is not the biggest okay. problem. But he is a problem. He is a problem. Okay. The offensive line is the biggest problem. Fair, fair. Uh, they're... And, and Odell is not wrong when he's saying that Eli's not rolling out. We know that. Yeah. I, he's getting up there in age. I, at once upon a time, he could do that, sort of, but it was never his strong suit. Mm-hmm. So now you're giving a quarterback that needs a pocket. He needs to have that space and mm-hmm. awareness to scan the field and you're not giving it to him. Mm-hmm. So the biggest, I mean, there is all sorts of problems going on with that offensive line. They just released their first round a few years ago, tackle. Eric Flowers is not on the team anymore. Yeah. So they signed Nate Soldier, which is from the New England Patriots, which I thought is a good signing. I was excited about it. Mm -hmm. But I mean, even at points, he has struggled Mm -hmm. to protect Eli's blind side. So is Eli the biggest issue? No. Mm-hmm. Is he an issue? Yes. But the biggest issue is the offensive line. And you can see it not only affecting Eli, but we were talking about Saquon Barkley, who is obviously amazing. Mm-hmm. If you look at the amounts of times that he's being hit, and just through his, his strength and his legs and everything, he's able to shake that tackle to get the few yards he's getting. Yeah. It's affecting him. Yeah. So, biggest issue
0: is... Offensive line. So they don't need to... You don't think they need to be looking for a different answer at quarterback?
1: I mean, it's not going to necessarily hurt. Now, is bringing in Colin Kaepernick... Did you... How did you phrase the question? Like a good thing? So so Max
0: Kellerman tweeted that they should sign Colin Kaepernick. And I'm saying, do you think that if they decided that they needed to bring in a quarterback, that that would be a good signing? Okay. I mean, I'm always on
1: the side that talent is... Irreplaceable. So okay. obviously, Colin Kaepernick's a very talented player. Okay, you can't deny that. I mean, he took his team. the The things that he did with Harbaugh, yeah, were awesome Absolutely. and phenomenal,
0: and just really, really fun. It was a fun they time. Often discredited and shouldn't be, but
1: yeah, you're right. But I think there are, there are so many. I this is always I feel like, a really difficult territory to go into yes. as 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 a fan or as an, an analyst because. Obviously, Colin Kaepernick has become the poster child for what is going wrong with the NFL right mm-hmm. now between the kneeling and the protests and all of those mm-hmm. things. Actually, I wanted to talk about Colin Kaepernick because of the whole Nike thing and his new ad. Yeah. I mean, like I think that's a bigger than football moment. Personally, I think it's yeah. really neat. But I don't think he's the answer to the New York Giants Kay. because I think... I, I don't want to be giving Pat Shermer too much credit because obviously I don't know. His team is struggling. But he's a pretty creative offensive mind. So just bringing in a quarterback off the street who hasn't played in a year, didn't play well the fir- two years ago to get him caught up, I don't know. I think, again, that offensive line is going to be a big issue with him because he, is, he has happy feet. He's known for running around. And so, like... I don't know if that helps anything. I mean, getting out of the pocket, maybe, and then you're able to find some of those options down the field, possibly. But, and again, I just think you can't throw the heat that Colin Kaepernick's going to bring in the hottest market market in the National Football League. Mm -hmm. New York's going to be so passionate, and I'm getting into kind of deep territory here, but think about... 9-11, 9-11, that's the town where it happened. They're mm-hmm. so passionate about the United States and and patriotism. At the same time, there's gonna be a lot of free thinkers in that city as well who would embrace him, but it would just be it would be hard on Colin Kaepernick as a mm-hmm. as a person. Yeah. And so if you're dealing with all of those things that aren't allowing you as a football player to focus on yeah. football yeah. in what I think is probably a pretty complicated system. Yeah. No, I'm gonna okay. say no. Okay. All right. I told you it was a doozy. <laughs> you, yeah, so I don't uh, I don't know, I mean like person- without
0: without going too much, but what are your thoughts on that? Personally, the only thing in taking all the extra stuff out of it, which is something that you would have to deal with, the only real concern I would have is that he's been out of football for a while now, yeah. but had he not been in a heartbeat, I'd be pounding the table for Colin Kaepernick because of the offensive mind that Pat Shermer is. I think that he could scheme up so many incredible things with him. OBJ, Sterling Shepard, Saquon Barkley. I think that he could make that offense really incredible. Okay. And the thing that would concern me the most is that he's been out of football for a little bit, but he actually, in terms of numbers, played pretty well last in his last time with San Francisco. In terms of numbers, his percentage was higher than it normally has been his touchdown interception ratio was I think believe like eleven to four or something. But regardless bad. regardless, I I don't think Colin Kaepernick will play in the NFL again. I think it's a damn shame. I think it's horrible and we can go all in. Maybe maybe next week we'll do a bigger than football about the Nike Adam we can really get our thoughts in about that. Sure. Because I can go on for on for a long time about all this. But that being said, I think it would be really awesome. I don't think it'll happen, but I think it would be really cool. Sure. So, segueing into my next cold read, which is is fun. We we have uh four divisions right now that are are kind of close. Okay. And I think that this this is is cool. So, we have the NFC East that we talked about. Yep. Washington at 2 and 2, Philadelphia 2 and 3, Dallas 2 and 3, and New York 1 and 4. And then you have the NFC North with the Bears at 3 and 1, the Packers 2-2 two, two and 1, yeah. the Vikings 2-2 two, two and 1. The Lions 2 and 3. You have the AFC East. The Patriots are 3 and 2. The Dolphins are 3 and 2. And the Bills and Jets are both at 2 and 3. And then you have the AFC South. The Titans at 3 and 2. The Jags at 3 and 2. The Houston Texans at 2 and 3. And the Colts at 1 and 4.
1: That was overwhelming.
0: So they're all very close divisions right now, barring the couple ones that have the 1 and 4s. So what I want you, what, what I'm going to give you right now is okay. Indianapolis Colts at 1 and 4. Uh-huh. The Giants at 1 and 4. Yeah. The Lions at 2 and 3. And the Jets and Bills tied at 2-3 and three for the end. All these at the bottom of the division. If I'm telling you right now that I'm looking into into a crystal ball, and it's kind of hazy, but I see that one of these four teams is going to turn around and win their division. Tell me which one it is. The Indianapolis Colts. Okay, tell me I why. I believe in Andrew Luck. I think he's continuing
1: to shake off rust, and he's just getting better and better. Mm-hmm. Now, they are passing at a historic disgusting (laughs) great he's really crazy he's averaging like 59 pass attempts a game now on a repaired shoulder you can't be doing that there's a lot interesting going on with this team now i think the defense is young um they and it it upset me on the thursday night game against the pats now i that was actually a closer game than we expected, but it they really had was. some really young key players on defense. Yeah. So I go out super early, yeah, and it made me sad because one is on our my fantasy team, yeah. And I was like, well, there goes that. But regardless, so I think it's really exciting to see yeah. what that defense is doing for a defense that people last year they were really bad, and I think people mm-hmm. were discrediting them.
0: Yeah.
1: The other thing that makes me believe is that on. On Thursday night, the wide receivers of the Colts were just dropping passes left and they right. They really were. Where if they, where Andrew Luck was putting it in places where if they they could catch it, they just weren't. The biggest and if example, that was happening, I'm sorry, go ahead. I
0: just wanted to say really quick is they got within a touchdown and they started driving. And Andrew Luck on a big third down across midfield after they crossed midfield, to Eric Ebron hit Pascal on an on an in route on the right side on third down for a first down, and it hit his hands, popped up, intercepted. They, they go up by two touchdowns, and by that, it's over. So, yeah, that's just, mm-hmm. that's
1: happening, where that's hurting the team. Going back to week one, where they were playing against the Bengals, mm-hmm. a very similar thing happened, where yes. hit a receiver, it, they coughed it up, mm-hmm. returned for the touchdown. Mm-hmm. Now, you we can you say hindsight's 20, 20 right. you'll always never know, but, I mean, if the Colts had started 1-0, yep. the Bengals started 0-1, where they... We talked about the Bengals being a really hot team because they were able to come back, and I feel like some mm-hmm. of that momentum is followed.
0: And the Eagles game too.
1: Exactly, things like that. So, but I trust Andrew Luck, and I feel like yep. for as much discredit or whatever you want to give Frank Reich, he mm-hmm. is a good coach, and he is a very he, good coach. He, you said he was the one coach that went for it, made the quote unquote correct call that we're calling and for, didn't and didn't get it. So the division's wide open. Mm-hmm. The Tennessee Titans are at the top of that division right now, mm-hmm. which I don't I don't like the Titans. I okay. I know you do. I know yeah. you're high on them, but I'm not. Okay. So, if if we were going, that that would be my team in that situation. All right. That's
0: fun. I thought that was fun. <laughs> I like that a lot. Good answer. Who? Thanks. I was the Bills, of course, but <laughs> Well, you know. They're not they're not last place, are they? Yeah. Well, I mean, they're tied with the Jets, but they have the They'll be better than breaker, the Jets, but... I believe that.
1: Okay. Um, so my cold reads for you so we have uh, we're, we he, I can't I can't speak anymore I'm reaching the end of the show yeah we spent a a very large portion of the beginning of the show touting Drew Brees and mm-hmm. hailing him for being an amazing amazing guy yes you kinda said this earlier on in the episode and I got really scared oh okay cause you were talking about Tom Brady and how he's kinda yeah. the next in line to be able to do that now yeah. he's a few years older than Drew Brees yeah. do you see Drew Brees holding on to this record or is Tom Brady going to grab
0: it? Uh, I don't know how many yards he's behind right now. I'm not positive either. He hasn't hasn't topped 70,000. That being said, no. Okay. I say no. I say that Drew Brees plays from here. Uh, uh, Tom's older. Yep. But I'm saying from
1: two years? Yeah, Tom's 41
0: and Drew's is 39. 39. I'm saying that Starting right now into the end of their careers, Drew Brees is going to play more years than Tom Brady. Okay. I agree. Tom Brady won't be able to catch up. And that's... it's. It, I, I know that's a really simple answer. I just... You know, Drew Brees will always be able to put up yards, especially with the weapons that he has around him now. I don't foresee that changing as much. And, you know, Tom did just get Josh Gordon, which we don't really know how that will plan out. And okay. he just did get Edelman he back. Worked. So, you know, they have weapons, but... That offense is built for Drew Brees to put up yardage when he needs to. I think that's and, the key, and I think that, uh, I think that Drew, Drew holds it on until the end of both their careers, and then we figure out if any of these young quarterbacks that started off really hot can consistently sustain that through their career. I but think, I think Drew holds it on for a while. I think you're correct.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think with how the team is built right now. Sean Payton did a really good job the last handful of years because he he knew that Drew Brees was nearing the end. And you can talk about his arm strength coming down a little bit, although he can still throw the ball 50 yards down the field if he needs to. But they have a really key piece in Michael Thomas who some people, Jason Witten last night said he's the top receiver in the NFL. Debatable in a lot of ways, but I think what makes him super special is his route running ability. So Brees... Mm -hmm. One of the most accurate quarterbacks in NFL history can put it right where he needs to. If not the most accurate, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Their running game—they got a really solid offensive line, and yep. if that darn defense that I've been trying to yeah. praise all year can just keep continuing to be around, I think Brees can push into those those forties yep. if he wants to. So I agree, I agree with you, my friend. Okay. Uh, the second question I had is: We have yet, yeah, we still have two undefeated teams yes. in the NFL. We have the Kansas City Chiefs at five and zero, mm-hmm. and the Los Angeles Rams mm-hmm. at five and zero as well. Now they meet in a few weeks down in Mexico City. Okay. So my question for you is: Do we have a battle of unbeaten's in that game? And if not,
0: who's the first of all? Okay. So this is a great question. I just want to pull up the schedule because I don't want to just say it without really knowing who they're playing sure so the Chiefs play the Patriots this week this weekend Sunday Night Football do we know who the Rams play you know what we
1: talked about that earlier and I never figured it so out the Rams the Rams...
0: Pl- the Rams travel to Denver to play the Broncos okay uh, and then in week 7 the <clears throat> excuse me the Rams travel to San Francisco to play the 49ers And the Chiefs are at home for the Bengals. Which, actually, I've been wanting to say this since this happened. There's breaking news out of the NFL on that the Bengals-Chiefs game on October 21st, that week in Week 7, was just flexed into Sunday Night Football. Cool. And I forget what was supposed to be the Sunday Night Football game that week. I mean, that would be fun, though. Which is something that would be fun to look at. But they were just flexed into Sunday Night Football, so there's a primetime game right there. That's a tough matchup. And then is it week 8 in Mexico City that they play? I'm pretty positive it's like around week 8 or 9. Okay, yeah, no, because then week 8 the Chiefs are home for the Broncos and the Rams are home for the Packers. And then week 9 they play. I'm going to say both of them are going to have a loss. Before they meet up. Before they meet up. Okay. I believe it'll be one for the Chiefs and two for the Rams. I think the Rams Rams are going to lose to the Packers in that week. And they'll lose one more before the matchup. Okay. But then I think in that matchup, let me it's in Mexico City, yep. which is a neutral field, obviously, for them. Because they're not both from either of them from Mexico City. I, I wonder if they'll get the Graham Gano
1: guy to commentate.
0: That would be awesome. <laughs> but I will say that the Rams would win that game. Okay. Because I believe that their defense would be able to hold their offense more than their defense would be able to hold the Rams offense. Okay. So, yeah. There we go. That's a fun one. Cool. That's a fun one.
1: All right, so we're talking about uh, picking games and our show is winding down. Also, that means... I I'm
0: oh. sorry. I just wanted to, in, in okay. to interject this real quick. This is a fun thing I wanted to point out uh, about the Chiefs start, starting really hot. Yeah. People might want to cool off on them a little bit. Okay. In 1996, the Chiefs started 4-0. In 2003, they started 9-0. 2010, 3-0. 2013, 9-0. 2017, 5-0. The Chiefs have started... Five and zero this year, not a single playoff game was won in any of those seasons. I'm engaged. (laughs) How engaging, thralling. Just so keep that in mind when uh, we're eating up all this hype about the Chiefs. All right, pals, picks. Oh yeah. Yeah. Time for pal's picks, y'all. All right. We, we both had a pretty we good week, last week We rebounded.
1: We rebounded from our, our, our previous debacles. Yeah. Yeah, but I still came out. You did. 3-0. You solid 2-1. and one. Brings our total Them record. darn Atlanta Falcons messed me up. Yeah, that was just disappointing. <laughs> We've already said that numerous times. 9-6 <sighs> and six for me. Yeah. You are 6-9 and nine now, my friend, which is better than 4-8. and eight.
0: It sure is.
1: So there we go. <laughs> All right, so let's get into some Week 6 Pals picks. Do you want to go first, or am I sending it over to you? I'll, I'll
0: hit you with yours first. All right, here we go. Uh, so I think these are free, three fun games, and I think this first one is is really interesting for me because I don't really know how you're going to pick this one. Cause I mean, you should, but it's context clues of what we already talked it's about. It's fair, but it's Colts at the New York Jets, and the Jets have been interesting this year because the Jets, you know, they opened up on Monday night with huge blowout. Yep. Last week they have a huge blowout against the... The Denver Broncos, and sure. now they have the Colts coming to town who one and four.
1: Andrew, luck, baby! And luck All right. we trust. All right. Going uh, the Colts. Uh, I'm really excited to see what they do against the, on the, road. Against the Jets' defense. Okay. And really, it just comes down to I feel like they're going to be a little more balanced. New York Jets have a g- good defense. You can't they do. say, but. Isaiah Crowell's not going to rush for 270,000 yards again, which is going to mean Robbie Anderson's not going to catch 18,000 yards on three catches again. So Sam Darnold, and that that's the key for me. Sam Darnold in this game against the Denver Broncos still completed under 50% of his passes. Yep. Only reason it was a great stat line was because of Robbie Anderson's yep. great touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you, you limit the running game, which I think the Colts linebackers will be able to do, they've been playing pretty solid for the most part. Hopefully mm-hmm. they've had the time to rest, which will help them get those pieces that they lost against New England. Okay. And the Colts have just solidly hung around games, put up points. In yep. all their losses that the Jets just haven't done.
0: Alright, I'm with you on that one, actually. Alright, so, Pals pick number two for Joshua Lapping is Steelers at Bengals. A big, big, huge
1: Jumungus. Jamongous. So we were talking game. about this game at work and everybody hated us for saying it yep. because the Bengals are going to win. The Not Bengals better. are going to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the Steelers will continue their struggles. Yep. The Bengals just have a better defense right now that I think are going to be able to limit those pieces a little bit better. Yep. Joe Mixon being back, uh, I, I'm, I'm a fan of. I know yeah. we've disagreed about maybe his personal life and the things he's done. I think he's kind okay. of taken a bit of a higher road since his incident way back when. Okay. Uh, but I think he's a is a very talented back. A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, um... Maybe a little bit of John Ross. We'll see if this speedy first-round wide receiver can get going. Mm-hmm. But against that defense, I like it. And the thing is, they're at home. Yeah. And that has been a big thing for this divisional game. Mm-hmm. This rivalry has been the, the home team. And the Bengals, um, more often than not, get the upper leg when
0: they're playing in Cincinnati. And you know, people talk about how good the Bengals' defense is, and they've played great. But right now... The Bengals' defense is ranked 26th. The Steelers is ranked 30th. The Steelers have the second 7th-ranked offense. Bengals, 16th. So it could be a little bit of a shootout here in Cincinnati. I'm excited. The, but I'm with so you So I'll, I'll say this. Maybe
1: the numbers aren't great for the Bengals. You said twenty six, but mm. they make key plays when they need to. They sure
0: do. They sure do. So I'm, I'm with you on that pick, too. And last but certainly not least, Sunday Night Football. The Chiefs traveling up to... Foxborough, New England. There we go. The uh, I'm not sure you did say the Chiefs did get a loss
1: uh, before they go to week nine. I'm not sure you didn't say you did tell me who the Rams lost to. You didn't say who the Chiefs Purposely lost to. That one out. All right. So, I mean, I'm feeling like you think they lose uh, against the New England Patriots. I don't. I'm rolling with it. I'm really excited to see what Showtime Mahomes uh, does against this defense Last year in week one, Andy Reid went up to Gillette and got the win. I feel like that was a huge monkey off their back. That was the team that they couldn't beat. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, it had been interfering in playoff time, Mm -hmm. but uh, I think he he showed he's able to go Mm -hmm. up there and do it. I think this is going to be a really complete game. The defense played a little bit better um, last week, obviously, against Blake Bortles, but that's not necessarily hard. But I think they're going to carry some of that confidence over. I believe a big part of why I'm scared of this is I believe Justin Houston's out, a linebacker that you know I love very, very much. we both love Justin Houston. I believe he's not going to play in this game, so I think that's big, but I think it's going to be kind of one of those offensive shootouts where I think Mahomes and Kareem Hunt are just going to get it done in the end. I agree with you. Really? I
0: very confidently believe the Chiefs are going to get it done. And that makes is, me feel better. And this has nothing to do with the New England Patriots offense because I think they finally started to figure things out. Yeah. And they're only going to continue to get better. I have absolutely zero faith that their defense can stop the Chiefs at all. Because Bel- Belichick's best thing is he takes away your best weapon. Yeah. Okay, take out Tyree Kill. You still have Kareem Hunt, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins. Yeah, take but out take somebody out, else. Take You're out just... Kelsey so I can use Tyree Kill. Okay, right. In <laughs> <laughs> football. A uh, fun, little fun fact for you all. For fantasy football, I have never beaten Josh Lapping in fantasy football. He's beaten me every single time we've played. Now, here's the interesting caveat, though, because Adam
1: and I are doing a lot more leagues together than this we year do. than we usually do. We're in four together. We have three, three, match-ups, three matchups this week. This week. <laughs> so that might go down. <laughs> we'll see. I feel like it could. I feel
0: confident, though. It'll but be that's fun. fun. But regardless, I have so much confidence in the Chiefs in this game, and... I think that this one is going to be 50-50 for a lot of analysts and people watching because a lot of people will think, oh, well, it's the Patriots on Sunday night at home. They'll figure it out and they'll win. Yeah. But a lot of people will be riding high on the Chiefs. and will be like, oh, my God, they're so great. And I'm somewhere in the middle, but I really feel that this defense cannot stop all the weapons, and I think Pat Mahomes gets it done. And a big reason why I feel that way are the last two weeks when he's really been tested by both the Jags and the Broncos up there on, was it, I believe it was Monday Night Football. Yep. And he came out on top in both of those games. I have so much faith in him. All right. So that, makes going, me, that makes me happy because, yeah. like, week two, you were like, Nope, Mahomes got the answer. Maybe that's a little bit of a recall. But uh, So you're going Colts on the road against the Jets, Bengals at home for the Steelers, and Chiefs on the road against the Patriots.
1: All right, there we go. I'm with you on
0: all three of them, too. I think that might be the first time that's happened. Oh, well, thanks. That
1: makes me... I was really nervous about that Patriots thing, because I thought you were going to no, be like, that's all. dumb. I will say this before I ask you my,
0: my I think picks they lose for you. the Bengals in the Sunday night game, to be honest. What's that? I think that the game they lose is the Sunday night game that just got flexed. Oh, that flexed. just got flexed. Yep. Ooh,
1: that'd be, that, that will be a fun game. Yeah. And huge implications in the AFC. Without a doubt. Um... Regardless of how that game turns out, I just pray that it lives up to the expectations. Oh yeah, there's so working. much hype on it. It it's, really is. It's going to be the big rematch of last year's game where obviously the Chiefs won. And we, we've we talked about games that should be really exciting that just don't live up to it. I don't I don't mind if I lose that pick. Right. I just want it to be, be a good game.
0: Absolutely. I'm with you on that.
1: Alright, so I uh, how about the Ravens traveling down to the Tennessee Titans? So this
0: is a very... Hmm, intriguing football (laughs) game. Because both these teams took a little bit of a slide last week. The teams that were riding high, flying high, they were feeling real good. And then they both got slopped. They got got kind of rung into slop fests playing great defenses. Yeah. And both teams came out on top with game-winning field goals. And it's going to be really tough, but I think the Titans get it done at home. Okay. I think that, you know, I know you don't really believe in the Titans, and you're You were believing in the Ravens a little I do. bit, and I'm the opposite. I'm really believing in the Titans, and I'm not believing in the Ravens, and I think the, the the Bills defense is better than people give it credit for. We'll talk about that maybe in a little bit, but I think that the the, the Titans hit a little bit of a wall, and they got punched a little bit, but I think they're going to rebound this week. I think Marcus Mariota has a pretty solid game, maybe not in terms of touchdowns, but I think he completes a lot of passes for first downs, moves the chains a lot, uh, and I think that Derek Henry and India Lewis get it done against the the Ravens. All right, gonna take the what, Titans two. at home. Bless you, my friend. Two, thank Going you. Two for thank two. you.
1: Panthers traveling up to Washington to take on the Redskins, who Ooh. are just got they're completely a embarrassed on the national stage. What do they do against Carolina?
0: So I'm a little worried about this game too, but I'm gonna say the Redskins. Really, I am because wow. I, and and and, and if the thing is, had they won last night? Or even kept it close, I would have said the Panthers. I think they're mad. And I love a team that's mad and wants to win. And I think they're going to turn around and be like, you know what, we're at home. The Panthers are coming in thinking, oh, well, they Washington, they just lost to the Saints on Monday night. But Washington's going to be like, you know what, we're a team to be reckoned with. We're not that team that lost to the Colts and only scored nine points. We're not this team that just got blown out by Drew Brees. We're, we're the team that first week that showed up and that Alex Smith threw three touchdowns, no picks, and, you know, d- delivering to all these weapons he has. That's the team that's going to show up. That defense is going to show up. Josh Norman's going to show up. And the Washington Redskins are going to beat the Carolina Panthers. I don't even necessarily disagree <laughs> with you. I just
1: am surprised about the, the passion or, like, yep. the tenacity that you're answering that with. Mm -hmm. Save this one for last because we haven't done this too often, but we're going to go a homer game here. The Buffalo Bills traveling down to the Houston Texans. Yeah, I
0: hate this. This is really, 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 really hard. Uh, (laughs) Because the Texans are 2-3. and Yep. And the Bills are 2-3. and Here we go. So, I'm going to hit you with a couple stats first before I pick this game. All about your stats. So, Zay Jones, second year wide receiver out of East Carolina, all time leading receptions leader in college football with 299. Okay. Is averaging 2.4 yards of separation in his routes. Okay. Now put that in perspective. That is more than both Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, and A.J. Green. All right. And he's the leading, se- leading receiver on the Bills. And I think. Zay Jones has a huge game against Houston, and I think another big reason why we win is the Buffalo Bills are ranked the 7th defense in the NFL right now, including their 47-point blowout and their 28-point half against the Los Angeles Chargers. Yep. The Buffalo Bills are going to go into Houston and beat the Houston Texans this week. All right. And that's, I just, their defense has been so good the last three weeks their offense hasn't been as great, but I think that Zay Jones averaging 2.4 yards of separation. They started off last week. They hit him on three consecutive passes for first downs. They started targeting him. I think they're going to realize that Kelvin Benjamin's not their one anymore. It's Zay Jones. He's getting separation. He's getting better separation than DeAndre Hopkins. Julio Jones and AJ Green, three of the best receivers in the league, and they're going to get smart and they're going to say we're going to hit him, and then we're going to get McCoy going because McCoy McCoy started going last week, yeah. and they're going to win this game. And I'm telling you, this is this is I think this is going to be a really, really, really exciting game. I really do believe that so much because you know Houston's the ranked the third offense in the league right now, so it's a little bit of strength on strength. But I think the defense is going to figure it out. Tre'Davious White's going to get all over DeAndre Hopkins. He may not shut him down, but he's going to make a couple big plays. Sure, Zay Jones is going to have a big day, and the Buffalo Bills are going to go to three and three, and they're going to be right there, tied for the division lead with the Dolphins and the Patriots because the Patriots are losing too. I'll say this uh, way back when when we were talking about
1: receivers, you kind of, kind of poo pooed uh, Zay Jones. There, you like, who is that? And then you just
0: name some really amazing stats. So I was I was kind of holding that in because I knew that was the Pals pick, and I and I tried to like be on the fence when we mentioned him earlier because I didn't <laughs> want to pull that out as quick, but I've been sitting on that stat all day because I wanted to hit it. And I think that's a really cool stat because it really shows it, it takes, it completely takes everything else out of it, out of the equation. You know, okay. it takes out, you know, the quarterback or the situation that you're in is he is winning his one-on-one battles and you just need to start getting him. And if you start to notice that, okay, this guy's winning his one-on-one battles every time on his routes, Let's start feeding him the ball, and he starts catching it. He's up there with those other guys. They're just getting the targets. He's not.
1: All right. Well, with that, we'll uh, start to wrap up the show. We've, yeah. We've gone. This is our longest episode um, yet. We, I feel
0: like we've done the, we do this every, every single week. time. Like we're <laughs> like
1: in new territory now, though, so we need to wrap this up. Okay. Uh, so we're gonna do friends' fortunes. Okay. So uh, I went first last okay, week. So I, I will exit the room, and uh, this is all you. Okay. I am leaving and shut the door and. Uh,
0: Tell me something cool, my friend. Okay. Tell me something cool. That was a little fun tidbit for you. Okay, so uh, I actually pulled a fast one on Josh this week because I sort of agreed with certain things during this episode so that he didn't guess my friend's fortune. So last week, we had four rookie quarterbacks go 4-0. In Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills, Josh Rosen of the Arizona Cardinals, Baker Mayfield of the Cleveland Browns, and of course Sam Dehall of the New York Jets, 4-0. Oh. My friend's fortune for this week is pretty simple, folks, but it's pretty bold. Baker Mayfield at home is going to beat the Los Angeles Chargers. Josh Allen on the road is going to beat the Houston Texans. Josh Rosen of the Arizona Cardinals. He's going to travel into Minnesota and beat the Minnesota Vikings. And Sam Darnold at home is going to beat the Indianapolis Colts, all four rookie quarterbacks. will go 4-0 and again this week, 8-0 two weeks in a row. And we're talking about the next four great quarterbacks of the NFL.
1: All right, here we go. It's just me in the room, and I am not feeling super confident about any friends' fortunes that I have right now. Maybe it's because I'm reeling about my freaking 47 passing touchdowns. I'm going to say something along this line for this week. Of the teams that lost last week in week five, I believe that at least nine of them are going to get wins this week. So obviously, each week 16 teams lose. I'm going to say that nine teams that lost last week in week five are going to rebound and win in week six in the NFL. I'm not sure if that's even mathematically possible, but you know what? Friends fortunes. All right, so that was episode six of Simultaneous Catch. If you made it through this entire episode, thank you. <laughs> we every time we think we're not going to go as long, and we literally talked about our schedule, and we're like, we don't have enough. <laughs> and it's been the longest episode. Well, we went
0: on and on about Drew Brees, and I in the that qu- was the I was watching a little bit long too.
1: I'm, I mean, it did. But I was watching the timestamp, and we were done with Drew Brees by the first half hour. Really? And it's been an hour and forty-five minutes. Wow. Right. Well. Uh, you guys so, are great yeah, thank you for, for listening, listening in. Uh, continue to share your comments critiques if you have questions things that you want us to talk about mm-hmm. send us it that really makes our life easier because it, it makes us we don't have to plan as much I mean like <laughs> we'll figure it out and we'll give you intelligent answers right. but we don't need to be like what's interesting to talk about Yeah, absolutely. so we're all about that we're on Facebook we're on Twitter uh, Adam knows more about those things they can share,
0: tell yeah, you to so find us we're on Twitter at Simult and we're on Facebook if you just Look up Simultaneous Catch. You'll find us. We're a fan page. We're very excited to be on iTunes now, on
1: Spotify. We're working on becoming part of a podcast network. Uh, we'll have more details about that soon.
0: And we're still on Podbean if you still, still like on listening Podbean on that. Bean.
1: If you want us to go back on YouTube, if you're that weirdo, let us know and we'll start doing
0: it. Just <laughs> but we for still you. love you if you are a weirdo. Yeah, <laughs> like, YouTube's cool. It's a term of endearment for us. It really is.
1: So Thank All you right, so cats. much. Yeah. and uh, Everyone have a great day. Mm-hmm. God bless.